0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Really grateful to have you on today. We are going to be diving into how to develop your own concept, your own take on anything that you learn. One of the things that I love about the Renata's education is not only does it have a wealth of knowledge, principle-based entrepreneurial knowledge, but you can actually apply it in so many different ways. And I'm really excited to to dive in a little bit more on how we can really develop our own Our own concepts of reality, our own concepts of uh, whatever it is that we're doing with uh, with real estate, and I I'm super ex- super stoked to, to talk about develop this with you guys because I'm actually going to be starting a podcast, and this is going to be one of those ways that uh, I develop that podcast and the content for it, is just to bounce ideas with you guys and create uh, create content, to develop more uh ideas that that we can bring to more people specifically those that are outside of renatus to bring them into renatus because that's what this is all about is to share the message of Bob Snyder and renatus so i make sure i share my screen right now but before i do uh anthony and gilbert if you have someone in the weight room i'm gonna make you guys my co-host for a moment If you see them in the weight room please not in the room in the waiting room uh please let them in so that they will be able to see the screen now, we are going to dive in a little bit more talking about action right now with Woody Woodward. One of the things that I love is every single day we have a little bit of a different
1: feel for all of these, um, these videos. This Harvard had. graduate so, used one technique which colonized out. your business. Are you using the same technique? In 2006, Alexa Von Tobel was a recent Harvard graduate starting a job at financial firm Morgan Stanley. She was filling out the paperwork for her first 401k and realized she had no idea what she was doing. She found it somewhat ironic that though she was expected to manage the bank's investments, she didn't know anything about how to manage her own finances. She also found that most of her girlfriends were in the same predicament. Most financial guides were aimed at people who are much older and had millions of dollars in assets. She couldn't find any advice geared towards recent college graduates just starting out, let alone towards women in general. Knowing she was not alone, she came up with the idea for LearnVest, an online personal finance guide for young women, and wrote an 80-page business plan. In 2008, after two years at Morgan Stanley, Von Tobel enrolled in Harvard's Business School. However, after winning a business plan competition for LearnVest, Von Tobel dropped out from her MBA program and used $75,000 of her Morgan Stanley earnings to fund her company. In January 2009, LearnVest secured $1.1 million in seed funding from Goldman Sachs. One year later, the site launched. LearnVest offers tools to help people manage their personal finances with online budgeting calculators, video chats with financial planners, and email tutorials on everything from opening an IRA to getting into the stock market. Through LearnVest, Von Tobel filled a need that was not previously being addressed. Financial planning for those just starting their careers and for people who don't make a lot of money is very important. When you don't have a lot of money, it is even more important that you don't make mistakes with it. Having a clear financial plan with a salary of $75,000 is, in many ways, more critical than if you make millions. LearnVest earns revenue from their planning services product, advertising, and from referring its users to companies such as TD Ameritrade. Alexa von Tobel raised more than $72 million in financing for her company, all before the age of 32. Alexa von Tobel started her company in 2008 when the financial crisis was hitting one of its lowest spots. While most businesses were shrinking and funding for startups was drying up, von Tobel's company was growing. Alexa Von Tobel started a blog that has become a powerful financial tool for the masses. She democratized financial planning, making it accessible to all. As entrepreneurs, our goal should be to find a problem and solve it. Alexa Von Tobel succeeded by identifying a need that was not being met and creating a product to fill that space. By using this one technique, she was able to sell LearnVest in March 2015 for $250 million to Northwestern Mutual. Call to action. Entrepreneurship. Today, take the next 13 minutes right now and analyze what niche market in your industry is not being addressed. As you find a solution, you will have the potential to grow your business.
0: It's awesome. Niches is in the riches, man. Riches are in the niches. Uh, If we can really understand where those niche markets are in our industry, we'll be able to find some solutions that we can totally uh, add value to. So. This Harvard graduate used one down. technique, which I cop. back in here. Perfect. All right. I don't know if you guys can hear me all right. Hopefully you guys can hear me now. Can you guys hear me a little bit better? Is that better? Yes. Fantastic. We got a little bit of a small crew today. That's all right. Uh, the first announcement that I want to make sure that everybody knows about is next, or this Saturday, we've got our Blueprint Your Wealth event. That's going to be awesome. We've got Michael Huggins, uh, all of the pack, they're going to be there sharing how they can really help us blueprint our way to wealth and prosperity, leveraging all the different elements of of this business. And really excited to hear, we're going to hear from Richard Stock, we're going to hear from mara talk it's it's gonna be great and we'll get to hear from Bobby T again so so cool so that's gonna be a great event now um I'm curious uh Anthony and, and Gilbert if if you have ever had to give like a presentation of Renatus on your own not like going to an event where you bring somebody have you ever had to do one on your own. In the chat say yes or no could be a a pzm like you did over zoom or i did a pbr like you brought them to your house you need a private business reception gilbert have you ever done one
2: uh, i've done one just like one-on-one with one person right okay. or i've met him at starbucks or uh, those types of things i haven't done one where i have I get really nervous when I have to try to make a video or do a presentation or if I'm in front of a group of people. So I've been trying to put myself in those situations to make it easier. But it's been, uh, I do a pretty, I do a pretty good job when I'm just having a conversation.
0: Can I, can I give you a secret? This is something that I learned as an actor that helped so much when I was when I was learning how to uh, be a professional speaker. Do you want to hear the little trick?
2: Yes, I want to hear it. ready for
0: it? Okay. So when you are performing any speech, any any dialogue with somebody uh, on stage, you're really only talking to one or two people at a time anyway, because you have pointed comments, right? So if you make a comment to the entire audience, instead of actually, you know, fuzzing out and saying I'm going to do this to, um, to every single person, you actually will point at it with one with one person in mind. A lot of times you'll actually go to the people in the front. Uh, a lot of times you'll you'll try and make a connection directly with with one person, and then everyone else in the audience is drawn into that because they. They see themselves in in the eyes of that audience member, and you don't Correct. necessarily choose the same audience member every time. Does
2: that make right. sense? So you're just
0: having a conversation.
2: I noticed that that when when I go to uh, some of our in live events, I noticed that some of the instructors, uh, especially Eric, when he's up, it seems like he always focuses on one person, and he's just having that conversation with that one person, but it's it's so impactful. And I think that it makes it a lot more personal or it feels more personal, right? Even though he's talking to a room full of people, he's engaging with that one, one person almost to the point where they want to respond to him, right? Even though he's doing a presentation and he's not looking for feedback, it's it's yeah. still, they're engaged right? And they want to respond. And then I think that it, it, as soon as he identifies that in them, he pulls off to another person, right? To, to stop that from the interference, right? Yeah. His that's, a, that's
0: an absolutely great point. So when whenever you have the opportunity or you create the opportunity to do a presentation, utilize that skill of saying, instead of trying to talk to everyone and getting flustered, say you know what i'm going to connect with that one person and as you connect with that one person for whatever moment you're 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 doing it a lot of times you're able to connect with the entire audience a little bit better now you may have heard the expression work the audience have you ever heard that before uh yes literally how simple it is is you choose different parts of, different people in different parts of the audience to focus on that's it A lot of times you're like, man, he really knew how to work the audience. It is about being intentional where you're placing your focus. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Because it's something that is 100% in the presenter's control, is working the audience. Uh, Because if you only – think of it this way. If you only talk to the front row, audience right, right, you're only talking that one side. Everybody else on the other side never sees the other side of your face. They never get that other perspective.
2: Right, and I have a good side and a bad side. So
0: So you want to make sure they get equal representation, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm going to start my computer really quick so that you can see me because for some reason, my phone is not letting me share my
3: recording in progress.
0: Okay. And... better all right a little crazy here okay so like we were talking with with gilbert it oh i didn't get there we go all right Uh, all righty now we're back Uh, make sure you can hear me a little bit better with with the snowball mic there we go Hey thank goodness it's Friday absolutely renata's family so gilbert was that a helpful comment was that something that you think you could use as a as a speaker whenever you're doing a presentation one to one or one to a few or one to many to be able to to feel like you can connect with other people
2: uh absolutely i just need to do it more often uh i have been entertaining uh going to toast and uh-huh. getting up and you know i, I do other things like you know, I'm a, uh, a business owner, so I want to get in front of more people and share my story. So, yeah. trying to be multifaceted in things that I do and put myself in front of uh, individuals, even in going into other types of meetings where I have the availability to speak. Uh, I I go to a lot of. Uh, so I'm, I'm a recovering addict, so I go into a lot of meetings, and yeah. what I do when i do speak in those meetings is i go to candlelight meetings where i'm not seen right mm-hmm. and so I'm just putting myself in those kinds of situations and doing it more often because i know i know the power of the story right uh no matter what it is that I'm-
0: do you know the power of your story and what was that go ahead i'm sorry
2: i had a phone call for a minute oh. i'm able to share my story and inspire other people so I use that venue also to try to strengthen those skills because ultimately I want to be an entrepreneur and, you know, be in my real estate business and start to have more, be able to do more presentations to bring more people in so I can be more successful.
0: Exactly. So uh, to be able to facilitate that growth for yourself, it sounds like you've, you've gotten the one-on-one thing down relatively well. It's, maybe not as comfortable to do one to two or three or four. And you haven't done very many, if any, uh, one to many presentations, correct? Right. Now, the topic that I want to bring up is actually something that I'm going to film on my podcast. And I was going to give you guys the kind of the rough draft uh, version of my concept that I wanted to share. And to see if it would be helpful, if there's anything that you're like, oh, man, that is something that I want to... Uh, to develop or there's other ideas that I think I I need to flesh out before I record this. So one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast uh, leveling up is because I want to have a, a path for not just myself, but for other people that they can follow to go and become a professional speaker. Now I I've done a lot of acting before on stage. I've been in front of uh, my largest audience I was ever in front of was over 20,000 people uh, as a pageant, a performer, uh, in the Mormon miracle pageant, but my, my goal with real estate and with entrepreneurship is to really increase, uh, positive impact and to be able to, to help people be inspired, uplifted, and, uh, to take their, their level of wherever they're at to that next level and get a little bit better. It's all about progress for me. And I'm driven by progress more than I'm driven by almost anything else. So I want to find people that are leveling up in their businesses, that are leveling up in life, uh, in vitality, all those different elements. So the, the topic here that I want to really dive into, and as I'm doing different interviews with people and I'm sharing different ideas of keynote speeches that I want to give, I'm going to dive deep into how to discover unique concepts principles keynote speeches so that you can too so i'm curious as far as a hook for for an audience this is someone that my my ideal person for this is a business or someone that is interested in business that's an ideal prospect for renatus they have some level of dissatisfaction where they feel like they've plateaued and they want to break through they want to get to that next level they want to have another opportunity to uh to get out there and start their own business. Maybe they want to have a, a different vehicle. They've been in the vehicle of a W2 job, or maybe they were self-employed doing uh, uh lawn mowing or washing windows or something of that nature. And they're stuck in that self-employed side of the cash flow quadrant. And they just want to move over to the right side. And if, if I can help a few people really see what's possible because of the resources we have here at Renatus, because the resource we have at, Uh, the final percent, because of the resources that are available to them if they are willing to open their eyes and communicate with people. Man, leveling up has to do a whole lot more with your attitude and who you decide to surround yourself with than it does with your your aptitude and your skill set up front. So this idea of discovering unique concepts, uh, principles, and keynote speeches, so that you, as an audience member, can be inspired, uplifted, and be able to do the same is, is really important to me. Because I I want to make sure that whatever it is that uh, that someone experiences with me, that it helps them a little bit to get a little better, to get that 1% change. I mean, you guys have heard the, the British uh, biking team example, I'm sure, that years ago, they were... They were struggling. They did not have the uh, the influence and the impact that they were they were looking to to get a gold medal in in the Olympics, and they're just struggling. Uh, but they had a coach that was that was brought on, and he didn't try to transform every single thing at the very beginning. What he said was, "What do you guys do super well? What is what are your strengths? What are the things that you feel like are the absolute superpowers that you have?" and he asked them to really dive and get clear with it. And they're like, well, we're we're really excellent at at uphill and we're fantastic at making sure that um we are or at the front of the Peloton or whatever it is that their skill set was. And he said, Great. Now, is there any way you can get 1% better? And they have to think, okay, well, what are what are ways we can get 1% better at that, that skill, that, that one thing? And they really dove down and they started breaking apart every element of their race. Can we get one percent better at uh, at transitioning in front of each other and passing? Can we get one percent better at putting our shoes on? Can we get one percent better at making sure that our socks are are dry and put together? Can we get one percent better at making sure that we're uh we're getting the the water intake that we need to? Can we get one percent better at making sure that every single thing in our control is uh is getting, just a fraction, a fraction better. And you think about it, Guys, there's a compounding effect that happening that happens when you you recognize that that one percent of growth is something that can exponentially change you if you consistently do it. It's in the consistency that your your life has changed. It's not in the uh, the sporadic uh, one one in a million times that you're doing something. It's it's in that consistent, the free, free throw type of thing where you're doing it over and over and over. That repetition. I had a, a professor in college say, the difference between a professional and an amateur is an amateur has done it long enough to say, you know what, I can do it right. But a professional does it so many times correctly and does it right so much that he can't get it wrong. That's a huge difference. Now, when we're leveling up, it all has to do with really focusing on what are the things in your control you know there's something that I hear all the time in personal development and in in certain circumstances I totally agree with it but sometimes it, it gets under my skin this idea of stay uh don't stay in your comfort zone it, get out of your comfort zone but I actually want to to pose a different perspective to reassociate that because your comfort zone is actually awesome it's something that if we can expand that comfort zone and become comfortable with the uncomfortable things, we can become comfortable with with prospecting people that are, you know those eights, nines, and tens, the people that we feel like would absolutely love to be in business with. or you can get comfortable sharing things that that can help somebody else that that usually, maybe in your past, uh, you wouldn't be as comfortable opening up and sharing. A lot of times it's it's in the fact that we want to provide value first that we are able to to create and be able to to make a difference. So now, one of the things I want to do with this this transition here is how do we discover a unique concept? I I want to give you an example. So for instance, you've got my friend Greg Kimball. He discovered, this idea of the final percent, the final percent. And it was this idea of going into his experience of seeing the totality of the eclipse. And then how that changed him, that final percent, how it changed every single part of uh of his life. When you go that final percent, you go from night to day, right? And from day to night, when you have that final, uh, final percent. And I've been struggling for a little bit, trying to figure out what is it that I can do to, uh, to really discover unique concepts. And what was cool was, guys, we don't, we don't actually have to have a unique concept. This is this was freeing for me, and I hope that it's freeing for you. Did you know that Greg is not the only person that has ever seen the totality of the, the eclipse? may come as a shock but he's not the only person that's experienced that not the only person that's talked about that and what's cool is anytime you have a personal experience that is you y-o-u unique it's something that you experienced and just because your experience is different from someone else's doesn't make it less valuable there is a wonderful expression that i absolutely love uh, And it's called Mangran Moxiang. It's this idea that the blind, there's these blind men, and they were touching a a elephant. Love you too, Gigi. They're touching an elephant, and these blind men started describing the elephant in their own personal experience in so many different ways. like, oh, uh, it, it feels like a rope with some uh some fur at the bottom i'm like no no no. it feels like a tree trunk it's really really hard and there's some some brittle uh brittle roots at the bottom no no no, no. it feels uh it feels like a, a a huge uh palm leaf and every single one of their experiences were valid they were all correct however because of their perspective and how it was limited it was not complete So one of the things that I want to do with this type of a podcast, with this type of an idea, is I know that my experience is limited. And I know that all of our experiences are limited. But as we start to see things from others' perspectives, even if we don't fully believe those things, we can give ourselves space to say, you know what? I I enjoy this. I, I I can actually see why you would see it in that way. And eventually we can start to see different perspectives and you increase your perspective. You look at it at all different angles. You touch it. You feel it. You, have, you interact with how we increase our opportunity in so many different ways. And eventually those unique concepts that we used to have, uh, the struggle to say, oh, how do I develop my own concept? We are relieved because guess what? There is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. There are no new ideas. However, as we're discovering different uh, concepts together, different principles, there are your perspectives, your take on things, and there's other people's perspectives and takes on things. And sometimes it's in that juxtaposition of how someone else sees something and how you see something that all of this starts to come together. I love the Renatus education because as you dive into it, there are different ways that we can we can absorb principles. There's there's multiple perspectives from practitioner instructors on what it is that matters, what what makes sense. And then the other thing that makes sense to me is, guys, if we are going to become consummate professionals as uh, real estate professionals, as uh, as entrepreneurs, as as speakers, whatever it is that our goal is, whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. It is a journey. You do not need to be perfect. And one of the things that is freeing for me, and I hope it's freeing for you, is you can be an enthusiast. You don't have to be the expert. You can be a shared expert. You think about it this way. What if instead of contention, there was collaboration? Those blind men all came together. Hey, we're all touching the same thing. Describe your experience to me about being an entrepreneur. Oh, awesome. Now describe your experience. Oh, here's what it's like. Now you describe your experience. And eventually, we hear enough iterations of this, we can start to paint a beautiful picture of what's possible. And one of the things I love about what we do is as we start to connect with each other, we start to develop our own life experiences and we take action on the things we're learning, the principles that we're applying. Eventually, there will be patterns of success and patterns where you're like, oh man, people that are stuck at this level, these are some things that I keep seeing. These are some patterns. And my goal with this is to be able to recognize patterns and be able to break free of some of those self-limiting beliefs, because all beliefs are self-limiting, but just break free of some of those, those beliefs and understand the principles that will set us free. And what's crazy, guys, what's crazy with this is as you start to develop your own experiences, writing a keynote speech and saying, you know what, I'm going to share my experience. I'm going to spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour sharing this experience. You can start to pull from all these different uh, resources, Renatus, all the different resources, maybe uh, the final percent, all the different things that you have at your fingertips and start to really dive into what is possible for yourself. Every single experience you've ever had is for you, not just happened to you. And when we recognize that, anytime we get stuck, it's not if we get stuck, it's when we get stuck. There are people that can help us build that bridge and transition from where we are to where we want to be. However, it does take action. It takes full responsibility. It takes the the willingness to open up and uh, take control of what you do have control or control the controllables. I've heard that from my friend Richard Stock. There are so many things that we can do that that put the ball in our court and give us the opportunity to say, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter if you have never read a book in your life, can you learn to read? 100%. It doesn't matter if you've never learned uh, the language that you're wanting to. I, I'm currently in the process of learning ASL. Not very good at it, but I really enjoy it and it's fun and I'm going to make time to do it. And as you make time for things that you care about, maybe the hobbies that, that you're experiencing, you can start to Grasp different things and have different perspectives because what's cool about, uh, true principles. You can learn them in so many different aspects of life. You can experience things that can have transferable knowledge. Your experience, honestly, my experience playing pickleball or your experience, uh, playing any sport, you may be able to apply some of those things that you've experienced doing that to your ICM opportunity. What is it that you feel would be of most benefit to you? And if it would benefit you, do you think it's possible that it could benefit somebody else? I'm just curious, guys. If you had the opportunity to recognize a a concept that you're passionate about, and then you do some research on it, and then you apply it, you think about it, you do something with it, and then you review some of the things you learn, and you keep that cycle, eventually... Is it plausible that you can become an expert in that field? Honestly, if you do it long enough, is it is it even possible to not become an expert in that field? If you do that day in, day out, you're, you're, you're so passionate about whatever concept or idea you are looking to expound. If you stop and you're not willing to take that next step, if you're not willing to go and say, you know what, I've got value here. I've got something that can totally change the world. And it has changed me. The more opportunities we create for other people and for ourselves, the more value we have. You think about it. I I learned this from my friend, Steve Larson. He said, I love to focus on what are the most challenging problems, not the solutions. He's like, if you can really define the problem and really hone in and figure out, okay, what is the biggest challenge that I'm facing? What are the challenges that are are holding back my customer? What are the challenges that are holding back everybody? uh, It really opens up the possibility for solutions. Because when we really understand what the problem is and we can articulate it well, people will assume we already have the solution. That's something I also think uh, Albert Einstein brought up. He's like, if I only had an hour to solve uh, an extremely important problem, I would make sure I knew what the problem was and really de- delved in and ask the questions. What are the questions that are going to need to be answered? Cause if you can articulate the problem, well, eventually you will find that answer because you will be determined, right? A lot of times the answers are not uh, something that comes overnight, but it does come. If you have the determination, the faith, the willingness to, to move forward and not give up, right? Failure. This is something that always pops up in my head. I, I, I've heard this in a couple of different ways, but failureism is a faithful attempt in learning, a faithful attempt in learning. If we fail, fantastic. That's a learning opportunity. That's a step forward, right? A faithful attempt in learning. That's awesome. So anyways, guys, this was the main concept that I wanted to bring to you about how you can discover your own unique concepts, your own take on things. But what's cool is as you're discovering these unique concepts, we have to remember that idea of the Mangran Moshiang, right? The blind men touching the elephant. Just because it happened to us does not mean that we know every element. What I love about uh, about this opportunity as a, an ICM and as a host and all the different things that I'm, I get to do with Renatus, and not I have to, I get to do, is I'm starting to see different elements of what Renatus can do for me and for others. And anytime you're like, man, I don't know if this is working, ask yourself, am I working? Am I doing the things that are the principles? Am I doing it consistently? And then as you notice those around you doing it consistently and you doing it consistently, eventually things will line up. Take so much massive action that it's unreasonable for you not to be successful. Now, guys, I'm going to open up the, the floor right now. I hope some of those ideas and concepts were helpful for you, and it wasn't something that was overwhelming, uh, but I did want to make sure that I open it up for, for questions, open it up for ideas, and if there's anything that you're like, man, I think that you could re- even explore this a little farther, uh, let's, let's dive in right now. So we've got a handful of people on. We've got Amber, we've got Gilbert, we've got Anthony, Valerie, we've got Sherry, uh, Dracar, Catherine, and Christy. Guys. How can you develop your own concept? How can you go out there and take some action that will move that sales needle, that will actually give you the opportunities that you need to, to make a difference? So let's see. In the chat, we've got someone who's popped up. Oh, yes. Valerie, good morning. So glad you're here. All right. I am going to open up the call, guys. So what is it that you felt was, was helpful from that? Or is there an idea that popped in your head? You're like, oh, this is something else that I think you need to bring up. Go ahead. Got Gilbert on the line. Gilbert, was that helpful for you? Was that something you're like, man, that was that was valuable. That was some good insight. I don't know if he's going to come off mute. That's all right. So one of the other things that I... I really think that the more we get into entrepreneurship and business ownership is we have to get comfortable sharing our story and sharing our take the way that we experience life and the way that people around us are experiencing life because there there's a lot of misinformation online a lot of misinformation in the world and if we're not willing to to open up and and see what's possible and see that, you know what? We don't have to live in in the shadows, right? We can actually go out there and let our light shine. There, There is no reason why you can't be absolutely successful in everything you do. There's no reason why you can't go and create uh, the exact business that you want. Other people have created amazing businesses. Model and mimic. Model and mimic. You say, hey, you know what? That concept, I like that. When have I experienced that? Is there uh, an experience from my past that allows me to share a unique perspective? Another way that you can look at this. Is there another way that I can describe or to experience that thing? And is there a system in place to be able to move through those issues? So I'm curious, guys. We've got a handful of people online. Is there... Is there something in what I shared that was that was valuable that that you have a question about? I would love to love to hear some feedback. Got Susie, Christy, Anthony, financially free or Dakar? Got Catherine and Valerie. If not, that's okay. No problem. I've got some other stories as well that. I do think would be helpful. And if that, if that's the case, guys, I'm just, I'm willing to keep talking for a little bit. All right. So (laughs) I'm just curious so I can understand the the room. Does anyone in here have a desire to not just share Renatus with one-on-one people, but to share it with multiple people at a time? Oh, no problem, Valerie. I understand. No problem. Yeah. Hey, this is Sherry. Hey Sherry, Hi.
3: How you I'm good. How are you? Great. <laughs> I um, I have been thinking about, and I'm I'm, I only started Bernatus last year, and um, so I'm still new, but I'm thinking about doing like a meeting that's a little bit. So we, I'm in Atlanta area, yeah. and the traffic is so bad, you know that. I'm thinking about having a meeting that's a little bit farther away from the regular one. And building my own kind of team, not not that we're not part
0: of that team, of course, but um, anyway, it's just something I'm pondering, thinking about, looking into. That's a great idea. What's cool Mm -hmm. is anytime you share in front of the room, you put the pressure on yourself to deliver. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but in school, when you guys had to give a presentation or you had to study for a test, did you notice that the week before the test or the few days before the test, there was added pressure? And because there was an added pressure, you either, you did one of two things. You either procrastinate and you're like, you know what? It is what it is. I don't care. Or you're like, oh, I need to make sure I cram and make sure that I'm prepared fully for this test. If you, if yeah. you did the work all the way along, you probably didn't need to cram a whole lot, but you wanted to still to make sure you did well if you've had that experience, you can do the exact same thing for yourself with Renatus. You're like, all right, I know that I am going to deliver a a personal business reception is what Bob Snyder will talk about it. He gets that from Brian Carruthers uh, in Building an Empire, which I, I highly recommend that book. It's fantastic. But it really goes into, here's my presentation. I am delivering this, period. I decided I'm doing it. Whether it's To one person, 50 people, 100 people, I am doing this at this time with this people at this location, okay? And whether everybody shows up or it's just a you show, right, or a we show, you and one other person, you deliver the presentation. Every time you have that iteration of delivering the presentation, you learn things that you couldn't have learned if you didn't do it. So I've experienced this as an actor. Uh, sometimes you you work at something so long that before the performance you're like, man, I've got this. I just I it's in my blood. I I know it so I can't get it wrong. And you get in front of an audience, and something shifts that you can actually take that level of performance up to the next uh, the next level. And you'll experience this: the difference between a a dress rehearsal. And the first time an audience sees a show, there is a palpable energy difference. So you practicing on your own in comparison to even in front of one person, drastically different. And if you have, have the belief that, like what Eric Worre talks about in GoPro, that the man with the marker or the woman with the marker makes the money, every single one of us needs to be that man or woman with the marker. Because you are an independent contracted marketer. It is your business, nobody else's, right? You show up to another meeting and they're delivering a, a presentation. It's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Like I actually think collaborating is fantastic, right? If you are not great at this yet, go to the meeting and get great, right? Understand all the, the ins and outs, play with the jokes, understand what's what's going on. But eventually at some point, You have experience enough that you can open your mouth. You know what's cool? You come one time, you can share your experience. Have you guys thought about that? How many times have you been to Disneyland? One, two, 20. Can you share that experience? 100%. You've been to more than one meeting. Can you share that experience? Now, in the beginning, you have to go through those four levels of learning, right? You go from unconscious, incompetent. You're like, I don't even know what I don't know. And as you start sharing, you're like, oh, I, I forgot that that's something that's in the presentation. I don't even know where this slide goes. And you just skip it, right? And eventually, you'll be like, oh, now I know that I don't know that thing. I need to I need to make sure I understand that. And then you move on to consciously competent. You're like, oh, I really have to rely on these slides. I need to make sure I'm, I'm saying this exactly the way that my my leader said it, very rote. And then eventually... You get the script, the ideas, all of the elements together, and then you can start to play with the audience, and you can start to interact in ways that you couldn't because it's in your mind, in your body, in your soul. You've applied it enough. And then you go from unconscious incompetent to unconscious competent or consciously incompetent, uh, consciously competent, all the way to unconsciously competent. That progress happens with every single thing we ever learn. So. If you really want to be that man with a marker, take the initiative to say, you know what, even if it's only one time a month, I'm going to find some friends, some people and I am going to deliver a presentation. Imagine if you did that, you did that once a month, that's 12 iterations. How much improvement could you experience if you did the presentation 12 times? Your one-on-ones, would they improve? 100%. Would you feel more confident sharing this opportunity? Would you feel more aware of the stories that you're, you're sharing? Because guys, there is, there is a way to craft testimonials to match your audience. And there's a way to make sure that the, the things you're sharing are, are resonating and connecting with your audience. There are a lot of, you're allowed an opportunity to connect with your audience and, and have them uh, experience what you're experiencing. And allow them to notice the things they're experiencing, right? To notice the brain matter that was just smacking against the wall. So I'm sure I haven't shared anything brand new with you guys. However, the perspective that I have and the perspective that you have may be slightly different. And that is 100% okay. That's what's cool about this business. Guys, there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. There's effective and there's less effective ways to do things. And as we get better at every element of this business, we will notice patterns. And pattern recognition is so valuable. Frameworks, so valuable. And if we can take things that, that we've learned, condense them so that we can use them in multiple facets of our life, eventually, it's almost unreasonable for us not to be successful. You guys catching my drift? If, if this is making sense to you, if, if some of the things I've shared have been valuable, go ahead and put a V in the chat. I just want to see if you guys are awake. If you're still here, if you feel like uh, any of these ideas or something that you're like, man, yeah, I absolutely am getting some value from this. Scott says, yes, there's value here. Yes, fantastic. Uh, we're getting Valerie, also some value. Catherine said, yep, fantastic. And Sherry as well, cool. Now, uh, to wrap up this concept of... How do we develop our concept? How do we make sure that we live into all of these, these elements? It, it comes down to, guys, you don't have to be perfect. Guys, I just got done playing pickleball, right? I have crazy hair, awful hair. And uh, Lily said yesterday, she said, I can't do the thing today. I was like, that's no problem because I have this idea of my podcast and I'm going to share the ideas that I've got with you guys. It's not perfectly fleshed out. However imperfection is part of the journey you don't have to have everything perfect if everything had to be perfect before we did something we would never start ever <laughs> go ahead katherine
4: uh, eric always says in the trainings he did that done is better than perfect
0: done is better than perfect i love it it's so true and what's cool i learned this in i hear it all the time it's a pattern that i see in in so many different things you think about it, you do it, and then you review. Guys, if we just think about it, we think about it, and we think about it, and we think about it, and then we review it, and then we think about it, we didn't do anything. You have to think, and you have to do something. So doing this podcast, it is thinking, do it, and then review. How did that go? What well, was helpful? Was there anything that was was beneficial? And if it was beneficial, fantastic. If it wasn't, fantastic. It happened. You, you now have more experience. You can go off that experience and say, you know what? I'm going to be better next time. I'm going to have something that is more valuable because uh, I know how I can tweak certain things. Do you see how the power in that imperfection is actually something that allows you and your audience to connect, right? I I hope that you guys are catching what I'm putting down, but let's see in the chat, we've got two more comments I missed. Yes. Bring me around. Oh, thank you so much, Valerie. And then uh, Drakars also says, yes, this was valuable. Now, one of the other things that I think would be helpful is when you guys are experiencing your, you unique, like Y O U unique experiences. These are things that only, only you have, uh, have had anything that you're like, man, you know, this story right now is something that has changed my life. Think about it like this. If you have uh, a velocity banking story, right? Let's, I don't know if all of you do, but many of you probably have an experience with velocity banking in some way. And because of your, your utilization of that, you can actually take whatever your testimonial was of that and put your own spin on it. You can compare it to other things that you've experienced in life and your testimonial can be crafted depending on who you're speaking with because it's, it's a unique experience. And, it's not something that doesn't happen to other people. But check this out, guys. We don't really understand how much of a unicorn this Renatus education is until you talk to someone that goes to other like guru events where they pay sixty dollars to $100,000 and they get some good education for a weekend or two and then they don't do anything with what they, they learned. How different is our education? How different is this experience that we have? The the massive shift in our mind, in our our heart, in our spirit, it's huge because we get to connect with each other on a daily basis. Isn't that not an amazing community? We have people across the country that are here to answer questions, that are here to provide value, and they want to give. And it's so, so refreshing. Instead of just having people around you that want to take all the time, they are so open-handed and willing to say, you know what? This worked for me. Let's see if it works for you. And that knowledge is transferred. Okay. We've got Catherine. Go ahead, Catherine. You got a hand up.
4: Yeah. So I just wanted to say that, I mean, me and my husband haven't done any deals yet, but we are definitely, uh, our life has definitely been changed just by simply showing up and interacting with people. And, you know, we do plan on moving forward with the deal part of it, but just being a part of the community has been life-changing for us. Like we have built friendships with people and just learned so much just from what they're doing.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, that's my experience thus far. So guys, do you know, there are some people in this country that might join this community, not because they want to do real estate, but because, because they want to be surrounded with a new group of friends, because they want positivity in their life. Is that is the positivity that you've experienced in Renata something that was was helpful for you in your journey so far? It has absolutely. been for me, it, yeah. Catherine. Absolutely, absolutely.
4: Even you, Brigham. You were the first person we sat next to at our my very first regional experience.
1: Oh,
0: and- I, I <laughs> my right and Gilbert as well at the yeah. Denver regional. I'm so glad that you're you're plugging around and you're, you're still here.
1: Yeah. Guys,
0: when we start, it's not. It's not something that uh, is difficult to stay started, but it is it is often a challenge to not quit. I'll say that again. It, it's not difficult to stay started, but it is a challenge not to quit. And when you challenge yourself to say, you know what? I, I failed at this one thing or I had I had a failure. That's okay. Remember, it's a, it was fail. It is a faithful attempt in learning. I love that expression. It's so good. Oh, we've got Drakar. He says, definitely for me, Changed my life in more ways than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, one of the things that I, I've been trying my very best to instill in anyone that gets on these calls is I want you to stop thinking that Renatus only works for you if you do a real estate deal. It it works for you in so many levels. Think about the lifestyle that you've created for yourself. You're filling yourself and your mind with positive uh, ideas, positive uh, value creation and lots of different elements of your life. You're creating a community that you can collaborate with other people. you have ideas that can be ex- exchanged. Uh, we've got a system in place that when let, let's say you're brand new, you've never done a deal and you bring a deal to say our, our dream call, do you think it's possible that we could help you run the numbers and see if that's at least a deal that would match uh, match something that you would want to go after? Yeah, we've got a a simple enough system that anybody can plug into it and start to get results. Now, results are not typical, okay? You've heard this before. However, everybody does get results. There's positive and negative results. However, every result is for us. You can either win, get some money, or you can learn. And a lot of times, the most valuable lessons that we learn... Are from those failures or from those, uh, you know, faithful attempts in learning. And one of the things that I love about the Renatus education is we take these principles, we apply the principles, and then we have a result happen. And you can do the scientific method just like with any other profession. You say, hey, I did this thing, I followed this pattern, I did the thing, this was my result this was where I was, what I was expecting. Then you can go back. All right. What did I miss? Oh, I forgot to run my numbers with three comparables. I only had one comparable. All right. Now that's, that's a problem. And you can start to adjust like, okay, now I've got multiple comparables solds. I've got uh, things that were sold six months, uh, six months ago, three months ago. And then things are on market right now. I can see a little bit better at uh, my analysis. I feel more confident in my numbers. Now I can be more confident in putting in your offers you get your offer accepted, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Now, you you go through the process and as you consistently do those things, one of the things that that just pops into my head over and over is if you look at enough deals, you will be able to tell what's a good deal and a bad deal. But if you are brand new, you've only done a few deals and you've only looked at you know, 10 or 20, 30 deals, every deal looks like a good deal. It's experience that starts to speak. When you when you talk to other people that are running deal analysis all the time, they're getting comfortable with running numbers. Eventually, instead of wondering, oh, is this a good deal? You'll start to see the patterns. You're like, oh, well, if I want to make $20,000 on that flip, that's how much margin there is. Awesome. I, I'm happy to do that. But if you're like, hey, I have to put $200,000 down to make that $20,000, a lot of people are like, eh, that's not really worth it for me. I want to make sure that I, I make more like eighty dollars to $100,000, if not $200,000 plus on that. Right. It depends on what your investor ideas. It depends on what your uh, your risk tolerance is. And every single one of you have different risk tolerances. You know, all of us are different ages, we're different. Some of us are, you know, I guess we've got different uh, areas of the country, the the market's a little different. So the more confident that we get in our numbers because of our competence level going up and the experiences going up and how we're sharing those experiences. The, the better we can we can progress in our in our business. So I hope this has been been helpful for you guys. I, I'm glad that we got to to discover this together because one of the things that I, I'm so stoked about with with doing this uh you know this podcast is I I want to have a deeper reach with with people that that need that help that are stuck in, in the mud of entrepreneurship or in their job because they don't know that Renatus exists. They don't know that we actually have resources available and people and a community that that will admire you for taking the action, that will actually be proof that this works and that we have a consistent measure of uh, of value that is poured into our community week after week after week after week. After week. It's not a a circus show that shows up for a weekend and then goes away. I'm so grateful for that. I've, I've experienced those types of it. Those types of things. I've literally, I've got a book up here, right, right here. There was one, right. I paid like six bucks for this book. And I was like, that was a waste of time <laughs> because there's no support system. There's no system in place. It's just some case studies. I was like, huh? We have it really good with Renatus. We we have it so good that sometimes we forget how good we've got it. And like Eric Count says, you got to get while the getting's good. When he's talking about getting money uh, from a bank, we need to fill those coffers of our mind and our our bank accounts with with as much wealth as we possibly can. And one of the things that I am so grateful for with our community is I have a wealth of relationships. I'm so grateful to be part of all of your lives in some small way and getting more and more connected because uh, just like temp K, I remember if you guys have ever watched uh, the class that Greg Kimball brings up, all uh, his mindful marketing class, he talked about temp K, your time, that is a huge resource that is so valuable. Uh, your energy, right these are all valuable uh, currencies that we have, time, energy. We've got money, right? That's one of the currencies that we've got. We've got the people that we surround ourselves with and then the knowledge that we have. What's cool is those those first four that I shared, guys, anytime we spend it, we it's gone, right? We spend the time, it's, we don't get it back, excuse me. Uh, if we spend a relationship on, on something, like, oh man, I need to make sure I use, utilize this, I leverage this relationship that goes down just slightly. However, when we when we actually share knowledge and we experience uh the transference of knowledge in those aha moments you you never have that bank account draw low every time you share an experience every time you share your story every time you have something that's valuable that you express to somebody else you're trying to express not impress it actually allows you to to open up and say you know what i am so grateful that i have this knowledge right Real estate is is one of the best vehicles that there is to have a transference of wealth. And there's a huge transference of wealth happening in our country right now. Are you going to be on the forefront because you took your classes and you knew uh, all of the different analysis that you need to do to feel confident for submitting your offers and then doing the deal and then rinsing and repeating to do it consistently? Or are you going to be someone that just says, man, I wish I, I would have listened, would have done that. Like Bob Snyder talks about, like if you really want to be a multimillionaire and you want to be financially free and flexible, uh, he said, follow this little, this little pattern. He's like, buy a rental a year, the next 10, 15 years, and then at the the end of those 15 years, sell off five or six of those rentals, those single family rentals, and then you'll be living comfortably with those eight or 10 paid-off rentals about it, if that's all you did with Renatus, you learned how to buy it at the right time uh, and at the right price, you learned how to manage it or manage a property manager so that those were uh, efficiently well run, uh, well ran uh, uh, rental units and then you utilize velocity banking to you know crush the debt there. and all you did was like 10 or 15 rentals ever. That's all you did. Would that be worth it? Would you have the financial confidence necessary to, uh, to say, you know what, I'm going to just live my life's purpose the way that I was I was meant to. Something that uh, I'm reading a book right now that is, it's changing me slowly. It's changing me. I love it. Uh, it's by Garrett Gunderson. He says we need to live our life purpose. We sometimes live so small and we think so much of money that we don't, don't live into who we're supposed to be. And what I want to do. It's to be able to live into who I was destined to be and to be unapologetically myself. And I hope I'm giving you guys permission to do the same. Be unapologetically grateful for the people you surround yourself with and the amazing community that we have, the systems that we have in place, the the admiration that we get anytime we go, guys. I I love having uh, the opportunity to go on stage and be appreciated. I'm not honestly validation is not necessarily the thing that that gets me. But as an actor, I love the the approbation and the uh, and the applause. Everybody has uh, has that desire to to be noticed. And Renatus is literally one of the best organizations I've ever seen to appreciate those people that are doing the work and making the changes. Okay, we've got a comment from Sherry. She says, "I appreciate your willingness to help others. You're an example of what I believe." Renatus. Uh, is meant to be. I love Renata's education and the people. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Renata's education changes me every single day. I'm not done being changed by Renata's education. I'm not done being changed by the people in Renata's. Most of the time for me, the reason that uh, education happens is because I want to have a adult conversation with someone. I want to understand at a high level what it is we're talking about. Renata's is not going to immediately change every single thing about you. It takes time. It's kind of like a pressure cooker, right? You you can cook rice on the stove, sure. It'll take a little bit longer. But you got a pressure cooker and it'll cook a little faster and more efficiently. Realness is that pressure cooker for your business. It it gives you the opportunities to, to grow and to develop in a way that is safe, uh, that is honest, is ethical, and we're surrounded by great people. And that's what I love about it. We don't have to worry so much about uh, is, are these people going to take advantage of me Guys, if they take advantage of anybody report it to, uh, the, the home office and we'll get them kicked out, right? The, the whole purpose of this community is to, is to build value for each other, to love each other and to do the very best that you can, uh, to, to live your life, right? Bob Snyder's whole driven vision has to do with you achieving your goals. You being successful, you taking the action necessary to level up in your life and your business and doing everything you can to become who you're supposed to be and to recognize, you know what? I'm already the very best version of myself in this moment. Is there another level of, uh, of myself that I can stretch into, that I can expand my comfort zone? Instead of stepping out of your comfort zone, say, hey, how do I expand my comfort zone so that I get better at every element of my life. Now, I hope that this was this helpful for you guys and you're catching my, my drift. And guys, it is time for, for the dream call. So I'm going to transition slightly. Uh, we'll we'll step away from the personal development side and the and the ICM side. We're gonna dive into real estate and how that can help us move forward with. Uh, with confidence and clarity. And if you have a deal that you're working on, or if you have a concept from the Renata's back office, like, hey, this is something that I've uh, I've really got to dial in because I have a deal that's in progress. Really what I, I love to do on these calls is if you guys have a deal that we can run numbers on and we can collaborate on with ideas, that's my favorite thing to do on these because it feels the very most useful. Uh, but if you have a general concept because you're in the middle of a class, that's also totally fine. This is free form any questions you've got open game. And the only dumb question is one that you don't ask, right? There's there's a Chinese expression. I can't remember the exact way to say it in Chinese, but it pops into my head. Uh, basically, uh, if you ask a question, you look stupid for a moment, but someone who doesn't ask a question looks stupid for a lifetime. That's the gist of that quote. and <laughs> It's so true. Don't don't be stupid for a lifetime. Ask the questions that are necessary. And that's something that I had to learn early on in Renatus. Guys, there's people that are willing to help more than almost anywhere else I've ever been in my life. Like you got to ask the questions. It's called self-advocating. So for the dream call, let's see. What questions do you have? And if you have a specific topic that you're going into, happy to just discuss that and figure out how we can improve. Uh, me, I'm focusing my business now from arbitrage, short-term rentals into co-hosting, and I'm just looking however I can to find off-market deals because finding off-market deals, that's where I can either say, hey, I'm going to do a fix-and-flip, or I'm going to do a long-term rental or a short-term rental from this. But finding the off-market deals, that's, that's something that I want to get better at. So maybe I'll open the question up with saying, how have you found off-market deals, those motivated sellers, those people that are... Ready, able, and willing to sell their property. What have you done to recognize those people? So I know there's tons of ways that people do it. Uh, I haven't done it very often, so I would love to hear from other people that have done done a little more than I have. And it could just be like, hey, I I know these are some different ideas. I'm gonna actually pull up a whiteboard, and I'm gonna pull up some ideas. How do we find off market deals? Different ways that we can. Um, I'm gonna hit presenting though. Okay. Okay. Off-market deals. What are different ways that we can find off-market deals? Okay. and to be clear, off-market. When we talk about this, these are houses that are not for sale. But as soon as they recognize, oh, I'm in a pinch. I I really do need to sell. They 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 need to sell, but they they're not on the market yet. So, how have you found off-market deals? And let me know if you guys can see this right now. You you should be able to see it. Yeah. Uh, I will. Okay, go ahead.
4: All right. So some way that I find and look where I'm looking for off market deals. Um obviously I use iOS. Um I've used um recently been looking kind of just pra- I wouldn't say practicing, but we when we have our little masterminds with our local group, we do like the six minute uh, looking for deals. Um facebook's marketplace still works um pretty pretty well um i obviously i do driving for dollars um and one of the biggest ones um is just really having conversations um a lot of it especially leading to um when I'm doing the i c m um, and I'm speaking to people for marketing purposes or even when I'm going to look for um, speak to sellers or property managers that are like listed or I'm look li- that I, that are available. I have conversations with them and I always ask for references or always have conversations and ask, do they know about anybody in real estate? Um, so those are some of the things that I use. I love um, that. yeah. And, um, let me see, I would say, Yeah, just that. And um, honestly, uh, just doing regular marketing, like on Facebook, Instagram and all the different things. Or um, if I have flyers out and um, I'll get those calls and then I'll have people reach out because I'm always letting people know that I'm an investor and the things that I'm doing, whether it's at work or something like that. And then I do have people come to me and say they're looking for houses or they know people who have houses um, and just asking for help. So. Those are some of the ways that
0: I do it. I love it. Any other ideas, guys? I think every single one of these, you can find the properties doing every single one of these for sure. Um, one that uh my very first deal that I did was I was doing lunch appointments with former friends. Like i like literally my best friend was like, Let's just go out to lunch. And we started talking and found out he was a disgruntled landlord. And I love that one because it was a sub two deal. I had zero out of pocket and I was able to find the money in the community. So I, I had an infinite return of 22,500 on my first deal. And uh, the the other investor made over a hundred because they've kept it and it's been a rental. it been, been great. So it was an awesome win-win scenario. Disgruntled, let me say this. Here's here's something that we could maybe talk about. Did you guys have any? I feel like there was might have been one person that wanted to send a address. No, okay, there wasn't an address. Okay, disgruntled landlords. Uh, are there other things that allow you to help find off market deals? Because I mean, Hughes Reski has a ton of uh websites that are available. Okay, go ahead.
3: That's yeah, um, I'm using the courts, uh, looking for pre foreclosure, and um, also um, asking realtor for a list of uh, pre foreclosure that are ready to be sell. The 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 sell date is closed. so I receive the list and I start calling all these people and knock door. Um, And this year, I want to focus on the probate. And um, uh, that's what I'm doing too. um, And also um, Facebook uh, Marketplace is a good source.
0: Yeah, Facebook Marketplace. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is brought up when when you're watching that foundations class with Whitney Stark and actually I, in Hughes rescue's class, I think he brought it up as well uh, before it was re-recorded. When you're doing your searches, there's a lot of keywords that indicate that someone is, uh, is motivated as a seller. So Chris Albin talks about it is who owns the challenge Who's the owner of the challenge? You have to figure out what's the challenge. So owner of the challenge. Maybe the challenge is they just had a divorce, right? There's there's another one. Ooh. Divorce. Okay. Uh you said probates, you got death. Uh you have relocations. That's another reason that people are motivated to sell. Um, like for, for jobs or for whatever. Um, promotions even, right? Job promotions. And what's cool is the more, the more things that we recognize are opportunities for us. As far as uh, when someone is speaking to us, you can start to say, oh, are you going to sell your house? So for instance, if someone's talking to you and they're like, ah, oh, so sick of these renters, they, they are just kicking my butt can't believe they almost never pay rent on time they ruin the backyard it's just they're trashing my house what is going on in the back of your head is oh maybe he wants the cash flow but he doesn't want the headache anymore that might be something that you uh you could submit an offer to him and he doesn't even know that he wants to sell okay what are some other ways or other indicators that a property is 100% for sale, even if uh, the owner doesn't know it yet or the neighbors don't even know it yet. There's a few on here that I've heard in classes that we have not brought up yet. What about vacant homes you guys heard those that you see boarded up windows you see high or tall grass uh you see some dilapidation on or deferred maintenance on the home there's another way that you'll be able to uh, be able to recognize hey that could be an opportunity um for any other ways you're like oh that's that's something that we could do to find off-market deals because honestly none of our real estate knowledge comes into play until we have a deal can talk about it a lot, but if we don't have a deal, then it, it's back to the drawing board of, all right, where do we find the leads? There are leads all over. Run iOS has thousands and thousands and thousands of leads all over. Is it reasonable if you go through enough leads that eventually you'll find some homeowners that are motivated? And then from those motivated people, you submit enough offers that eventually, this is just the numbers game, eventually you'll find some people that Say yes to your offer. Is that is that reasonable? Let's say you do fifty homes where you uh, where you found uh, there were divorces and they had to sell their house and liquidate it so they could go through that. They had had all the court filings they needed to do. You talk to fifty of these people. Eventually, is it pa- is it plausible <laughs> that you'll be able to find one? Yes. Okay. Oh, Scott says absentee owners. Yes. So if you look here, guys, these are all different keywords that you can. Let's see. Okay. Copy these. These are all different keywords that you can use to search for properties online. Uh, one of the tools that I really like to use as well is ChatGPT. If you're like, "Hey, I want to discover some uh, keywords that would be helpful f- to find motivated sellers," so if you go to ChatGPT, you could say, "Help me find effective." keywords to search for motivated examples like absent owner uh tlc there's one stuff like that needs work right stuff like that Boom. Okay, here's a ton of them. I'm going to share my screen really quick. That was a great prompt. Okay, you ready? These are different ways, and you can do the exact same search on your own. Distressed properties, all right. Distressed homes, distressed property for sale, distressed real estate, motivated seller's phrases, like must sell, must go, motivated seller, quick sale, must liquidate. These are all great words to put into like... uh KSL, TLC, tender loving care, uh, fixer upper, handyman special, needs work, as is condition, renovation project. If you're a fix and flipper, that's very lucrative for you, right? Owner status, absentee owner, out of state owner, vacant property. Uh, you've got your financial keywords foreclosure, short sale, bank owned, REO, right? Real estate owned. Uh, you could even say me like maybe open to negotiation, price flexible, right? Urgency, urgency indicators must be sold, price reduced, seller financing, um, must go quick, right? Expired listings, you've got listings that are expired. You've got probate, a probate sale, inherited property, divorce situation, yeah, inheritance. That's a huge one, right? There are people in probate that really want to just liquidate that property as quickly and easily as they can, so they can get their inheritance. The divorce situations, divorce sale, divorce liquidation. You've got financial stress, financial distress, facing foreclosure behind on payments. Do you think reasonably we could find find one like this? If we went over to Zillow, let's see if we can find one in my neighborhood. Zillow. Absentee owner. I'm going to see if I can find one in Bear Lake, just unless you guys have another idea. see if that'll pop up. Okay. So a little while ago. Now, one of the challenges when you're going on Zoom or on Zillow or other of these, these ones are on market technically cuz they are for sale. But when you look up one that is like expired listings, that's no longer on the market. So let's go to Utah real estate. I know a lot of states have a backdoor um, MLS. This is the one that we use pretty often. It's still not all like full access, but in Utah. Absentee owner, search terms. Park City. Lots of absentee owners. Okay, North Ogden. Let's say Park City. Million dollar homes over here. Eight million dollar home. Cool. Active listings. What if I go expired? That's not popping up very well. But expired listings that's one way you could do it. That stays very nicely. All right. These ones are all just on the MLS. I'm going to find another way to find some expired listings. Um, Redfin, do they have any expired listings that are up there? Okay, that one expired. REO, for closure. Cool, I found one, all right, <clears throat> I'll share my screen again. So I went to Redfin technically, but this popped up. So there's an REO foreclosure in Park City. One bedroom. Probably a cabin is my guess. Here's a townhome or a condo. Get the details. You have to put in your information and then they'll they'll market it to you. But interesting. So I like iOS a little bit better, because then you can just put in, uh, the information just like that. Absentee owners, all those different things. There's all these lead funnel sources, just like this, and then you can actually delineate and say, hey, this is what I want to go after: divorces, uh, that, uh, need to sell in this area, in the next month or two, right? And you can target them a little bit better. But anyway. Lots of ways to do it. I think networking has been the most effective for me, but if you have the money to, to market, direct mailers is something that I think is awesome. A lot of people will, will do those. They'll even do like lumpy mail, like what Steve Larson talks about. Like he'll send like a kazoo or something simple that is playful enough that they're like, man, what, what is this? Why, why is this in there? And then, you know, you align yourself with the noise of whatever it is that you're you're talking about. So anyway, hope hopefully that, that little brainstorming session was helpful. Do you have, do you guys have any other questions about finding off market deals? I'm definitely not the guy to do that. I'm okay at it, but I'm not great. And I know other people on, on this call, Gilda's has done a handful of off market deals. Haven't you Gilda? If you've got any insights as well, I'd love to to hear. Yeah. Your, your yeah. yeah. I, I have. Yeah. Well, what has been your main lead source for off-market deals?
3: Um, Actually, you know, referrals.
0: referrals. Like
3: mm-hmm. word of mouth.
0: Yeah. Honestly, the marketing way. the education and then literally asking people, hey, who else do you know that might be in this type of situation? And let them know, like, what you're looking for. But you need to know what you're looking for. Otherwise, your referrals will be all over the place. So tell me a little bit what you've done to gather those referrals and then Processing.
3: Um, yes. Well, actually what I do is like if once I have a referral, then I would call that person and then I will just, you know, go through the.
0: Sorry, you cut out. Say that again.
3: You know, the property, if it's uh close to where I, you know, where I'm.
0: Mm-hmm. So and,
3: or a third party to look it up. Okay, or to look at the deal, you know, make sure, and again, I'm, I always use an inspection, so I've never um, done a deal without an inspection, at least here anyway. I've done some in the Philippines that I have been, because, again, they're you know, um, family members in like relatives that I bought those from. So, and I know already the, the history of the property. So, so yeah, I did not, you know, go, but here I've always done it. Even new builds, I always done it. So, uh, and then I just go through, but before I I meet with the seller, I already know how much I'm going to offer with this property. And then I would, you know, I would do my due diligence already, like, just, you know, a little bit, just comps and stuff, how much, you know, and, and what the repairs and stuff. So I don't really go through a lot before I meet with, you know, with a person, because if it doesn't work out, then I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. So, but I do do just like, um you know, a few minutes of um, due diligence to at least come up with my, my offer.
0: Yeah. Basically, yeah. you need to find out what your top line is and your bottom line. Correct. Okay. okay. I know realistically for me to make $40,000 on this, I have to buy it at a hundred like, great. All right. And I am okay with making 20. So I could go up to 115 or 120 on my offer. So you have that. And then you're you you you're armed with that knowledge. So when you go in, there's more confidence in making that offer. That's correct. Oh, this is a really great trick that I think, not even a trick. It's just a, a great uh, positioning that Brian Sump brought up in a class I was taking from, from him as a sub two, he said, I asked the, the seller what they think the property's value is. And if their value is lower than my low comparables, my comparables no longer exist. So if the property, like the low end comparables are like 150,000 is what they're showing in the neighborhood. And they're like, man, I'm maybe 135, no longer do those comparables exist you're like yeah you're yeah that's a great suggestion Yeah, 135 that makes sense and I think if they say it they're right but if you say it you're wrong I've heard that from uh, in a handful of different contexts but if we can say hey this person said that their house sold for 145 45, 000, and it's a little smaller than yours oh and this person said they sold it for 180,000 okay but it's got two bedrooms more than yours okay uh, this one is a perfect comparable and it says 150, right? And then this one's also really close comparable. It says 151. Like, awesome. Where are you in the middle there? The more comparables we have, the more confident we can be on those numbers. But Gilda, I'm curious, do you have uh, access to the MLS in your local market? Yes, I do. How did yeah, you? I have an
3: account and I also have the the Renatos iOS since day one. Nice. I have had it for uh, seven years, so I can always, yeah. You know, so I have a lot of um resources that I can actually use when it comes to comparables, because I do have the flip comp, you know, also. So I use that, okay. but uh, for around here in Illinois, because I do have access to the MLS, so I use that first, and then I go to other resources. But I check those, you know, two at least those two platforms. For comparables, because I want to make sure I'm seeing some comparables that um, are not on MLS or um, not on Renata's IOS, you know, or vice versa.
0: Okay. So you look for the low-end comparables and the high-end comparables, usually the third highest, but you find those so that you have some negotiation with with the seller. Yes, you can set expectations Absolutely. if you need to. They're like, "Hey, yeah. you know, in this condition, it's definitely not worth what your neighbor sold their house for in a brand new condition."
3: Yeah, I, I bring it, and I actually um I bring it with me the comps, and that's where I show them the reason why this is my offer. Yeah, so I educate them.
0: Do You stack your uh your clothes a little bit, saying like, "Hey, here's what we can." uh well, we need to buy it out so that we can put our eighty thousand into rehab uh here's our twenty or forty thousand in closing costs our holding's gonna be ten or twelve thousand, and in the three months when we sell it, we wanna make fifty thousand. Do you show them that um that stack ever
3: yes i yeah, I do
0: nice I you know sometimes i I think with with people that would be helpful other times I feel like they would be taken aback. Oh, well, if you're going to make 50, 50 K, I can't give it to you at that price. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing a charity. If I'm putting this much money into it, I need to make sure that I'm going to pay everybody and myself. So. that's
3: Yes. Because, you know, you, you know, they do realize that like, you know, even the person that the four bedroom, the four, four minutes from my house that I'm working on right now. And he he understands and I, you know, I told him that, you know, there's definitely a lot of repair in the house and he understands that. And I did ask him, you know, what kind of repair have you done? You know, this and that. And even with this one, it's like, you know, even <laughs> they put like a granite countertop, you know, in fact, you know, the mother was there and they said, oh yeah, I put, you know, a, a granite countertop. And I was like, and then he was saying, mom, that's like, you know 10 years ago so you know no 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 repairs (laughs) so so it was it was actually helping you know he was actually helping which is you know good but again you know his um his end goal is to not have to pay the the mortgage that he is paying now Mm. so and that's you know and you know it's only got 20 years left on the mortgage so excellent
4: yeah well
3: cool you know, it's, a, you know, it's really important, you know, for, for us to let them understand, you know, where we're coming from, because if you're giving them, you're talking about three months, and if you're showing them the holding costs and all that stuff, and of course, you know, you're going to show them that, you know, this is like three to six months project, and, you know, you're going to do what the worst, you know, in the numbers, because, you know, you, worst case scenario, you don't want to, you know, that's how we work is worst case scenario. Now, if we find this earlier, then again so we get more again we you know we get a little bit more money that way, so so it's important, you know, especially with those people that they think you know their house is a lot more and and it's okay if that's what they think, you know then they can do it, they can you know, and I give an option, you know one is you repair it and put it in the market, and people will come, you more likely i mean you might get a better you know but you know. Like money for your house, but then you got to do all these repairs, you got to spend your time and all that. And um, there's also a possibility that whatever you're repairing, you're not going to get the money it's worth, you know. So, so you just, you know, you just have to give them options. And, and really, the end goal uh, for mine, if I go to talk with the seller, is, you know, I'm the best, you know, choice. That, that would be my presentation. Now, regardless if you're going to, you know, take the you know many choices that they can have. Then, if you know none of them that they don't think is you know a potential for them, that they'll call me.
0: Yeah, of course. Like, if if you can position yourself as the no brainer, then they're just gonna be way more open to it. And then the other thing I think is is interesting is. Uh, it reminds me of. Do you know when, when Steve Jobs pitched, uh, pitched the rest of the company on doing iTunes? There was, there was already Napster that was doing free music, and the investors are like, "Wait a second, people are never going to pay pay more money for, uh, for songs they can download for free." And he said, "Well, they will if it's." easy and because it's easy it's simple uh and the quality's there people will do it and he was absolutely right when the only way to compete with free is to make it easy and make it simple and if you can position your offer as this is the easy thing to do you sign here you no longer have to make your payments you sign here you don't have to uh, do anything with uh, doing repairs and if you sign here then those headaches that came with your house are gone. Right. We position ourselves as that easy option. They may make a little more money if they're willing to put in the two or three months that it takes to repair it, and they have the money to do so. But what if they even did oh. it – like you could paint the picture of the negative possibilities. What if they got halfway through their rehab doing it themselves, ran out of money, and then when they sold, they didn't recoup any of that money. They actually still had to sell it at a discount. Right? Cool. There are lots of times where people do that. I've seen fix and flippers get That's into that situation. And they're yeah. considered professional uh <laughs> investors a lot of times. If if they're not professionals, is there a chance that a downturn in the market of three to five percent could totally change that deal? Yeah, really cool. uh, I- so.
3: Yeah, that's why you got to go to, you know, go through the process and okay. I take the time going through the process, you know, with the seller and because, because I, you know, I put themselves as me. Okay, so what would I experience, you know, if I was in, you know, if I was the seller and stuff, because obviously we want to do it as a win-win-win, you know, okay. and, and that's you know, and that's why I take time because even if I don't get that deal, because of how I presented myself, I will get a referral out of that.
0: Oh, yeah. And people in that situation often will know other people in that situation because birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. So asking I for mean, referrals from people we might not, not even think have property, eventually they'll find somebody that does, right? They, they know somebody.
3: Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Like, I, you know, I remember, like, you know, being a loan officer, the first time, first mortgage, when I became licensed to be a loan officer, that was in 2003. And she's still referring me to her family and friends up to this
0: day. That's okay. See, that's the power of great relationships. You You built a connection, not just a transaction. That's so cool. All right. Well, our time is up. We're a little bit past uh, but I really appreciate you guys being on today. Thanks for letting me bounce some ideas off of your podcast idea I have. And I hope it was is something that, that you can take and and develop for yourself. And thanks for sharing some ideas about you know, finding some off market properties. I hope you guys go take some action on that. Find some off market deals and go go see what you can do to close on them. Apply this education that's so awesome. Anyway. Have a great day, guys. Happy New Year, and we'll see you tomorrow on the uh, Blueprint Your Wealth. Take care.